Warning! This episode contains foul language and graphic content of a sexual, albeit biological, nature. for all things strange, unusual, paranormal, supernatural, creepy, sticky, gross, scary. And today, we're focusing on the amazing. Today, we're going to be discussing the human body, the amazing things it can do, the scary things it can do, its strength, its fragility, its mutations, and its ability to endure and survive. My name is Ashley, and I'm joined today by two very special bodies, my beautiful co-host, Lauren. Hello, weirdos. <laughs> and a very special guest, comedian Nick Wethrich. Hello. 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 How Hi. are you? I'm all right. Yeah? All right. Long day at work? Yes. Long day. Lo- the- what was longer, your day at work or your commute from work to here? Yeah. Oh, God, <laughs> the commute. And normally it's fast, but I just... I chose to go up the wrong street that intersection man will get you every sat time at vineland and camarilla for like 10 minutes <laughs> nick and i work together at a comedy club should we mention the name of Fuck the yeah, comedy okay that. nick and i work together <laughs> at it? flappers comedy club uh, about a year and a half oh jesus Has year it and a half ago long? it's been that wow. long yeah i didn't work there at all last year so yeah oh, yeah wow. or the year That's before crazy <gasps> two Did years you work there in only 2016 yeah Wow. Oh my god! What is time? That's crazy. What yeah. is time? Time is not real. Time is real, guys. <laughs> Nick, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, you're a comedian, obviously. I am a comedian. Mm-hmm. Yeah, perform improv, stand up, um, have a day job, <laughs> like everybody, um, making that money. Make I know, right? We were talking about this before the show started. It's like I don't like to identify myself by my day job, so I'm like I'm a comedian, no matter I like what that. I. I sell crack during the day, but I'm a comedian <laughs> at night. I uh, grew Where up you in from? Texas, lived there for most of my life. And then in 2015, when I was, what was I then, 31-ish, and uh, I moved out here to pursue comedy, uh, actually to pursue improv. I had only done stand like two stand-up open mics. I was horrible. <laughs> And I came out here to, to study at Upright Citizens Brigade, and then I got a day job at Flappers uh, with Ashley. Ashley, you weren't there yet. No. You came later. I and came a little bit later. Yeah. yeah. So I got that day job, and then just hanging around the stand-up thing, I got into stand-up. And I was really horrible <laughs> for a long time, and then just because I kept doing it and doing it and doing it and doing it, and now I'm Okay. <laughs> they're um, also like very very good at pushing you into doing it too yeah if you have like any there. type of sense of humor which i feel like most of the people that work there do because yes, like in hope. the interview you have process, to have a sense of humor to work to. there or you yeah. won't survive longer yeah. than <laughs> that's what it sounds like you will not last if you do not have a sense of humor <laughs> about literally everything 
leave. Oh, God. There's literally, you sign a form that's like, hey, I'm not going to sue you for hearing uh, horribly racist form. or homophobic jokes because. It's, so you basically are signing away, I won't be offended. By no, yeah, you we can't Because uh, I was in charge of HR there, and we <laughs> had a 17-page waiver essentially Dang. with all these different scenarios and there, there was one page that was the funniest it was like you will be exposed to <laughs> every type of racist homophobic religious like just a list of everything you're going to be exposed oh to because like you can't and i get it though because you can't control as an employee like you you have zero control over what a comedian's gonna get up and you know do. yeah the content Andy Dick does on stage oh, or oh, off gosh. stage like yeah, or you can't stage. control That's what they're gonna do, do or say in the green room or in the hall right. or you know what I mean they're like contracted well, like Andy Dick I mean there's just that one guy it's almost like you, you're not even a citizen of L.A. unless you've been sexually assaulted by Andy Dick. Yeah, that's it how, seems that way. It's, That's how yeah. it It's sort of a rite of passage. Yeah. Ugh, but anyhow, all guy. those kinds of people, there's so many people. It's like you have no control, so it was, right. it was wild. But they are very good at I mean, Dave, Dave really, Dave's one of the owners. He pushed me and pushed me and pushed me the whole year I worked there to do stand-up, <laughs> to do and stand-up I never, comedy. I have horrible stage fright. Really? I can barely get on stage. I, I couldn't even get on stage to like, announce like a, the host name or whatever like hmm. i couldn't That's do crazy it to I me have, because you have such a wonderful presence like you should be yeah and you do stage. fine in meetings and stuff too like where you're fine yeah, to speak meetings up. i'm okay and like when we do our live shows i managed i was gonna to say you did a live show turn did it two. on but i just i don't know the thought of like getting up there by myself and talking is like the well, worst thing stand-up comedy i don't mind being on stage but stand-up comedy is something that absolutely horrifies me too like that is next level you are putting yourself out there in a whole different way and if jokes crash and burn and you hear those crickets instead of laughs i can't imagine no i don't know how you deal with that you gotta get used to the silence and i'm sure you do (laughs) eventually but you know honestly you just have to do one horrible fucking show after another for like two years (laughs) just go to every open mic bomb miserably over and over and over because the more you bomb then you don't care if you bomb and you'll just try anything i guess that's and then you become fearless and then you become yeah and then like well what it does for you is that if you get in front of like a sold out crowd and they're not laughing right away it doesn't scare you and your confidence doesn't shake a bit because you're like, ah, they'll laugh in 30 seconds because I know what I'm getting to. Yeah, because yeah. I but know But you have this, this confidence of, I know you're going to laugh at 30, and they're with you. And so yeah. you can you can have some silence and build it up to huge laughter. And you can't do that until you're comfortable. Because if they see that you're weak or you're uncomfortable with the silence, you're, you're done. Or you're nervous. I was going to say, gonna heckle yeah, you the crowd true. reads that, yeah, then they're Yeah, I've never thought of it that way. Do, so you like doing stand-up now more than improv? Do you think that's yeah. kind of I love the improv. I think improv's a great life skill and the best thing about improv you know like stand-up you gotta like work and work and work improv you just you take a suggestion and you make up a 20-minute play yeah you know no you have to do it constantly to be in the rhythm and the the more you perform with you know a select group of people the better you get because you can walk out on stage and just look at their eyes yeah and you just look and you know where they're going with something that's that's how you just you know can create amazingness that's fair you know Yeah, that's the thing that I think a lot of people don't understand about improv that much, especially in Los Angeles. Well, in any major city where they have like a hundred different improv classes that you can go to and like each level, hopefully you're with the same people you were like, it's not the same 
like performing improv like once or twice is not the same as like performing with a set group of people for a set amount of time and like actually being able to because like you you can't get like just like the top funny people in the world together in a room and be like do it go for it it's like i mean we'll i'm sure we'll do a couple things funny but like we're not going to be able to ask cat our way out of this sure yeah (laughs) anyways and i like i like this i like stand-up i want to you know i really want to hit the road more and do more clubs across the country so hopefully later this year now that i have a job that you know i could kind of do from anywhere if i had to um you know i want to start doing like one weekend a month and go to you know middle of nowhere awesome. arkansas yeah <laughs> and do a club there you Just know where they're des- what's well, fun like you go to these middle of nowhere places where you actually where you'd think oh no one's going to come to a comedy show but they don't have shit going on true yeah. so you don't pr- even promote it you just show up and it's sold out and right. it's bananas like happened to me and you know i you know here in la i you know pull teeth and nails to get people get four people to a comedy show yeah and then you go to somewhere you know, in rural Texas and they're so desperate for entertainment, like it's just immediately sold out. Like, yeah. oh, there's a show. We're there. Mm-hmm. They don't even care who's there. We're there. Funny people from yeah, LA. We c- yeah, we can't bowl again tonight. I know, yeah. Right. We, we have, have to, to go to, to this show. comedy yeah. show. Yeah. We have yeah. to change it up. I'm getting bored. <laughs> I'm dying. Okay, so today we are talking about human bodies, um, which we kind of, we had that one episode uh, the superhero episode yeah. where we talked about like Superhuman amazing strength. feats and like people that can walk on the bottom of the ocean and like breathe underwater and like all this crazy stuff. But today we're actually talking about like everyday human bodies and the stuff that they can do. Mm-hmm. And Nick's going to start off today. Why are you on the show? I am on the show because I was born without testicles. You were born you without born testicles? Without yes. them. Okay. Yeah. Well... All right, hold on. Let me me elaborate (laughs) because I want to be specific. So technically, yes, because so testicles don't like a boy's testicles are in a scrotum, right? Mm -hmm. And a a boy's testicles, a person, a male, (laughs) their testicles are in the scrotum at birth. But that's not where they start. They start actually up like in the abdomen. Okay. That's where testicles grow before. Are you having a boy or a girl? I'm having know? a boy. Fuck yeah, you need to know this. So, <laughs> um, yeah, so the testicles actually start up in the abdomen, and then like a few, uh, like a certain number of weeks before birth, they actually descend. Down. I was just told yeah. on my pregnancy app that they probably have descended this yeah. week. <laughs> so they'll descend down, like from like around the kidneys down into the scrotum. Right, that doesn't always go correctly. And it's actually very common. I think it's like one in a hundred births for for uh, what's called an undescended testicle, which means where one testicle went down, but one of them didn't get all the way down. And what they'll typically do within like a few, uh, usually about six months, the baby's like about six months old, is they'll perform a surgery and they'll try to pull down the testicle, get it into the scrotum, and then hope that when the baby goes through puberty and testosterone is introducing the hormones of that that that's and it'll be a smaller testicle too because it didn't fully descend right right yeah so it'll be like a a baby mutant testicle a a midget (laughs) testicle that's wrong little testicle i don't know tiny testy tiny Tiny testy testy. (laughs) yeah and so so they hope that when testosterone is introduced in the bloodstream that it'll actually slowly maybe not ever go to full size and sometimes it just dies you know and doesn't work at all and then you just you're left with one testicle which is all you really need to make sperm and have kids so um, and having an undescended testicle or having just one testicle has no effect on the fertility Potency? fertility oh. of your children. 
Okay. So it has no, it's not something that's like going to be hereditary because it's, it's, you know, it's a process that has to happen. So it's not something that, oh, my dad had an undescended testicle. Now my grandpa did too. It's, it gotcha. doesn't really work right. that way. Yeah. It's a path, you know, it's like um, somebody losing an arm in a car accident doesn't mean your kid's not going to, you know, going to do the same thing, I guess, yeah. you know. True. So what's unique in my situation is that I actually had bilateral undescended testicles. So it's both sides. And then when the doctors uh, like went up and tried to like save them and pull them down, they were basically just already dead organs. And so, you know, they put them into my scrotum and then over slowly over time, I guess my body thought they were um, some sort of foreign object, like a tumor or something. And then my body literally just attacked it like it was a foreign cell. And then they just went away because I remember like going to a pediatric endocrinologist when I was a kid. And them finding them, like when I was a kid, and then when I was in college, I went to a urologist, and he was like looking all over because he was just wanting to make sure they were going to turn to cancer. And he's like, I, "It's nowhere. I think your body just absorbed them." Wow. So, um, which I didn't even know was a fucking thing. Say to me, like, yeah, <laughs> no you're, you know, your body just ate your tonsils. It didn't like them. <laughs> um, so that's pretty much what happened to me. And, you know, I mean, I could still, you know, science, I'm lucky to live in, you know, you know, the, the new millennium where, you know, the, the science is, is so advanced, you know, thanks to people like Lance Armstrong cheating a whole lot, uh, <laughs> which is important. Athletes, because of athletes, you know, they really drove the science, honestly. Yeah, Sports yeah. drove the science. 100%. And, you know, when I first started, so I had to, you know, I had to be on testosterone injections to be able to, like, function for for a lot of reasons, it's not just uh, being able to like have sex. It's actually being able to grow facial hair. Having there's like a whole thing that that comes with it when you're on testosterone, it's muscle mass. Um, you have to be very careful if you're. Uh, so the common term for someone like me is, is eunuch, uh-huh. right? So if you have, if you're a eunuch, you have to be very careful about osteoporosis. And I'm talking as early as like late twenties. Yeah. Do you have if to take calcium? And stuff? I don't have to worry so much about that because I've been on testosterone. Mm. But if I were like a traditional eunuch who never got on it. You know, you could really start to have brittle bones in like your 30s. Like, it's crazy. Oh, wow. Well, it's because it's a different. So, a lot of people think, oh, you're just like a woman. Well, you're not, though, because your body's ability, your, women even have testosterone. So, you're still going to have some testosterone in your body, but you also don't have the right balance of estrogen because, you know, you don't have the right glands. So, you, you're kind of screwed on both levels of the hormonal spectrum, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, you have to really be you know, in the right care of somebody to prevent a lot of weird shit from happening. Yeah. You know? yeah um, so I started with injections with like, uh, I want to say, so here's the thing. I, I had some injections like my freshman year of high school and then I got like insane, horrific acne from, oh, yeah. from that, right? Like, from hor- like I specifically remember that I'll be scarred for life with this. Uh, <laughs> playing spin the bottle. At a house party oh, when no. I was like a freshman in high school and it like landing on me and this one girl like not wanting to kiss me because my face was that bad. Uh, but it's okay because now she lives home. in a trailer. Hey. Um, <laughs> take that, Stephanie. Come <laughs> And um, But no, but so but I got- But now you kind of know what it's like for women when they go on birth control. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I completely <laughs> get true. it. true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And- That's uh, our life. Yep. So- you know, I took, so I got off it for a while until early college because I was like so scarred by like how, you know, how it made me feel, made me feel very frustrated because at the time it was injections and injections are fucking scary because injections, they inject an entire 
like months supply of testosterone into your body at one time. And it has to go into a thick muscle mass. So it can either be like the front of your thigh into your butt. Typically it's your butt because it's like there's a lot of room to soak it up. But what's crazy about that, you have no control over how fast your body absorbs it. So sometimes it's fast, sometimes it's slow, and it's like a fucking roller coaster ride. So what would happen to me is I'd get the shot four days later, I would feel, honestly feel like I could flip over my truck with my bare hands. Like wow. I'd feel this strength, right? And then like maybe like four to seven days from needing the next shot, I would just want to jump off a bridge because mm. it was just a constant roller coaster. Yeah. And then like two. The first time I learned about the gels, like 2008, there was this new medication on the market called Testum. And it's like, um, it was like a Purell hand sanitizer, but with testosterone in it. And then you just put it on your shoulders every single morning and it just delivered a very small meter dose every single day instead of like a giant month supply. And so you could kind of even out. And right. And not nice. deal with, you know, the suicidal thoughts and freaking out my parents. Um, <laughs> yeah. It was oh, bad. Man. Like hot, like early college was bad because I was like all over the map. And sure. You know, and so once I mean, just complete life changing, um, a complete uh, life changing medication when that came out. And it sucked. If I mean, it fixed that the hormonal problem. One of the things that sucked, though, it was basically like putting super glue on your shoulders. So I would put, you know, an undershirt on top of that. And then at the end of the night, I would have to like rip my shirt off my it's skin. Like yeah, it was you. so stuck. And so over the years, they perfected it. Now there's Androgel and um, some other things. There are there are still some injection products, a popular one that some people like men. I'm unique because I need complete testosterone replacement. I have yeah. zero. But like men who just have lower testosterone. They have products like Testapel, which is where they inject like these pellets into your ass. Oh, why? <laughs> There's pellets of testosterone. It's like six months of testosterone, and you're and I'm like, no. Why would no, you do I that? Because because if it doesn't absorb right or it's too high, what are you gonna do? Yeah, it's just yeah. in you're your butt. Dig and in it's there. In there. It's, it's six inches into your ass. Like that no, that's awful. insane. So I love the gel. I'm all about the gel. Costco sells it. It's like one, it used to be crazy expensive. Like when I first started, Androgel was like $900 a month. What? What? Yeah. And is that most insurance that w- wouldn't even. I was going to say, is yeah. that something that insurance would cover? So now it does. Um, and, and But even if like I have an HSA, so usually like the first part of the year I'm paying out of pocket till I hit the the deductible, right? Yeah. Um, but like I can go to Costco now and get a month's supply for $135. Oh, oh my god, good. which That's is great. way yeah, what a like, it was a <laughs> so much more manageable. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean that that does remind me of birth control for women because it's like, well, and then they have um they have this thing, but that causes cancer. So then they have another pill, but what that does is it makes it so that no one can touch your boobs. So yeah. then <laughs> they have another they have a they have a gel, but everyone's allergic to it. Yeah. And it's just like and they have this ring okay. you can put inside of you that yep. will kill you. Like, yeah, it will slip out. You. you you're probably gonna have a heart attack. <laughs> yeah. Almost everybody does. And it's like great. Yeah, cool. terrifying. Our options are endless (laughs) and a lot of times women like when they're going off of a certain birth control they get suicidal thoughts as well it's like that hormone imbalance the come down can be so scary yeah it's not it's crazy town well because it's regulating yeah it's regulating the hormones and then like any any product that makes you go like an insane amount of time without a period 
It's fucking yep. dangerous. Oh yeah. Like the, the pe- like the menstrual cycle's fucking critical. The, like, the ones that are like you'll only, what what was the what's the one called? Four, I forget the season one. Season Once a quarter, like, like four. four it's, like, like, it's not safe. It's not four safe. Four periods a year. That's terrible. I'm sorry. For you. Yeah. I understand that that's a super idea. Yes, <laughs> of course, no one enjoys but... their, their monthly. But... Oh, exactly. Well, I mean, like my girlfriend, she has um, polycystic ovary syndrome (PCOS), oh, fuck which, that which is actually so is really that's one in five women have. That. It's, yeah. I was gonna say it's very, very common. common. You know, so she's got like weird stuff, and we joke and we joke about this openly all the time because, like, I have my weird stuff and I talk about hers. So she like gets like she gets facial hair, like legit. Mm. Five o'clock shadow. Like she could grow facial hair faster than me, <laughs> man. Right, and so she's like, she's always joking, like I gotta shave my beard, and uh, so she has, she actually has like a little electrical razor. She takes with us in the car, and I'm driving down the street, and she's just she's shaving. shaving her beard. But it's like you know, that's just it. She has to have the birth control because with PCOS, like if she's not perfectly regulated, she can go way off the map. Yeah. Like she went off of her birth control recently, so like a couple months and didn't have a period for like four months. I'm like, babe, you have to get back on birth control. Like, that's not okay. That's yeah. what le- can lead to, you know, especially in your case. And she got back on it fast, but, um, you know, I'm just saying like the menstrual cycle is so freaking important. You know, there's certain cases where people maybe shouldn't have it for various reasons. They have, um, endometriosis or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, some reason, but man, the, the, the level to which society, thinks it's cool to just blow it off it's like man you can that can lead to cancers and all kinds of stuff yeah don't mess with that it's yeah. supposed to happen i know it's an annoyance i know it's, it's an annoyance once a month yeah. i actually i've been on birth control since we're talking about bodies i've been on birth control since seventh grade and of course they didn't tell me what i was taking mm-hmm. but basically what happened was i started my period in seventh grade and it never stopped so for about a month and a half, I was bleeding. I didn't Fuck. know that it wasn't wow. normal because I went to like a Lutheran grade school and they weren't super great about sex like education. About they didn't have it. Yeah, meaning <laughs> it didn't exist. They talked about Adam and Eve for a while and they were like, also don't fuck. Yeah. Um, Abstinence. Here's some pills. Here's some pills. So basically what happened was I was so exhausted uh, because I was just bleeding for months straight, yeah. and um, I was like falling asleep in class, and you I had, had like no iron in your body. no iron. I had no color in my face, uh. and my teacher, my seventh grade teacher, finally pulled my mom aside and was like, "I think something's wrong. Like something's going on. She can't keep her head up in class, and she's one of my best students." And my mom basically was like, "What's going on?" Yeah, so I was like, "I don't know. Like I don't feel good." So basically, I've been on birth control since seventh grade, but like I said, they didn't tell me that's what I was taking. Okay. They were literally just like these pills you gotta take it every day and like it'll help regulate you and then i find mm. out years later it's like that was birth control i've been on yeah. birth control since seventh grade you were having me take birth but control? that was you know i've never not been on it and of course it does suck because birth control makes it very hard like i have anxiety and my anxiety leads to depression and birth control makes it way worse sure so there's like you know it's one or the other. It's yeah. I either like bleed constantly and I'm very sick. Yeah. Or I have anxiety and I have to like then take anxiety medication. To weigh which, your options. Yeah. It's like, like what's the way of life. It's I an look endless at? cycle of medication yeah. that I will never leave, I guess. 
<laughs> Which that's so just why, how some why people have to Did be. you ever find out like why you're be- bleeding for so long? That's very unusual. Um, it was just I I still do it. If I go off birth control, yeah. I will just bleed and bleed and bleed. Well, yeah, is there the, a name for that? No, it, and it's not constant anymore. I went off birth control for like six months once, and the problem is, is I'm just so irregular. Oh, okay. okay, so I will bleed for like seven days. And then I'll stop for a couple days and I'll bleed for like three days and then I'll stop for like a couple weeks and then I'll have a period that's like a day long. And I'm like, well, that was cool. But then like three (laughs) days later, I'll bleed for like five days. So it's like there's no cycle whatsoever. It's bananas. I also have, though, I have cystic ovaries. Yeah. So is it PCOS or I don't think it's PCOS um, because that's pretty much the only thing that I have is like the the cysts and like they're very painful when they burst. Obviously they make me bloated pretty much 24 seven. Um, and like abdominal pain, but I don't get any of the other stuff that I know of because I'm on, I'm, I'm very regular with my birth control. So like maybe I do and I just don't know about it. Yeah. Anyways. Wow. So it's fascinating too. like (laughs) birth control fix. Like they use birth control to fix so many yeah, mm-hmm. female issues like so many. It's yeah. like we'll just put you on birth control, right. and it fixes it. But acne? at the same time, we'll it's put like, you on birth control. I was gonna yeah. say it's like one of the biggest solutions for acne. That's why a lot of like young, again, like seventh graders go on it. Mm-hmm. Kids go on it so young to regulate other things. It's not just stopping yeah, birth. Because otherwise, a period is like <laughs> legit acne. Otherwise, yep. Yeah, I would say most teenage girls, especially like the younger teens, especially like me for one are not on birth control i think people automatically think oh my teenager wants to be on birth control like they want to have sex and right. it's like no they probably just want to feel sort of normal yes they want normalcy <laughs> yeah 100 percent. yeah i, I went on it pretty early birth too. control for my acne <laughs> yeah. if you had just so taken that birth control it was, was it, it was all because of your testosterone well it's because i went from like no test see like with most males like it becomes it's a gradual lead right. on and yeah, you're still gonna have acne like it's part of puberty, but like the level to which I had it was like shit. Shit. Oh no. That's crazy. Okay, so where were we? So now no you idea. do gel on your yep, shoulders. I do the gel. And it's like glue. And that's an everyday. It's every thing. single morning when I get out of the shower. Okay. Um and if you forget it like, you know, from time to time, because it's just a once a day dose and it's tiny, like you don't really even notice. If you go Three or four days, you can kind of start to feel like a little sluggish, you know? So I try not to skip doses and just keep it as regulated as possible and keep my levels up. But, um, yeah, it's so much better than, than it used to be. And I'm able to, like, live, you know, a uh, pretty normal life. I mean, I do have man tits, but that runs in my family, <laughs> and I'm also fat. So I'm not really sure how much of the eunuch thing has anything to do with my man tits. But... I mean, it's 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 known to be a side effect of of any sort of artificial testosterone therapy, is to have. Uh, it's, by the way, the official medical term is gynecomastia for for male breast tissue. So it's like it's a side effect. But I'm like, I've it runs in my family. We all have man boobs. You yeah. Know? Eventually, I like to like you know get uh what is it a mastectomy? Is that what it's called? Get the yeah, male yeah. Get like get a bilateral removed. mastectomy. Get them out. Yeah, flatten my chest. Donate him to a flat-chested person. I guess I don't know. <laughs> Is that possible? I'll take. Let's him. find out. I was like, can I? Take <laughs> you can. Ashley can have my <laughs> yeah. boobs. I'm going to donate them. Pass it's them it's on. like locks of love. But yeah. Boobs of. Boobs something. of. Boobs of something. Boobs of. Boobs of. 
beauty. Did boobs hey. and beauty. I like that. <laughs> we were on the same yeah, page. it's charitable. But I, that's the only thing. And actually, this is weird. I've actually been, I've been, you know, a lot of my adult life actually more sensitive about the man boobs than even like the missing ball thing, which is bananas. But I think it's because, you know, I'm always wearing like underwear or whatever. I can have sex. I can function. But the man boobs thing is like, ah, I feel weird taking my shirt off at the beach kind of thing. Right. You know? It feels more like out there. And- right. Right. And people can see it every day. So it's like I actually would be like more, you know, pressed to fix that than to like get test- testicular implants or something. Is oh, that that's a, a story. So when I first moved here, I went to this guy. I'm going to say his name because he's a real guy and you can look him up online. His <laughs> name is Dr. E-List, E-L-I-S-T. And he has like some various patented implants and stuff. And he's he's like a world famous uh, reconstructive urologist in Beverly Hills. And I went and saw him and this other doctor to talk about testicular implants. And that was the most bizarro fucking doctor's appointment I've ever been to because they like came in with like like one of those professional DSLR cameras, you know, and we're like taking pictures of like, uh, you know, all my fun zone measuring my <laughs> measured my thingy with a ruler, which I'd never been done before. I don't oh, you know, I was gosh. thinking, I don't think I've done that. <laughs> I'm surprised. And, I feel like that's something every guy I feel like does. that's a rite of passage. And then they measure it. Yeah. When it's flaccid and not hard too, or erect, oh, you know, yeah. and I'm like, Ooh. Come on, guys. Like, hold on. Move move that fat out of the way. There you go. There's all of it, you know. And, uh, but then they brought, it was crazy. They brought in like a briefcase full of Of balls. Yeah. And they're called, um, yo, Unicles. Unicles? Unicle. Yeah. That's kind of a fun name. Yeah. Are they all made of different things? So it's like a, um, it's like a, a saline feel. So it's like a pouch. So I guess when they do it, they, they do it laparoscopically. So they push up this little pouch and then they fill it with saline and they seal it before, which is okay. like the new way to do Breast boob implants, implants. Yeah. which is fascinating. Let's talk about that for a sec because <laughs> they go up like now, like used to, you know, if a girl had a boob job, like you could usually like see some sort of scar. She took her, her shirt off, Around whatever. The nipple. Right. Or, like, now they go yeah. up through the belly button. Oh, wow. With like their little laparoscopic whatever. Really? And then push the little wrapper, I, I don't know, up into there and then fill it with saline. And no then way. they can perfectly I'm doing the the, <laughs> the juggling, juggling boobs juggling uh, <laughs> right now. But they like they literally sit there and they're like, okay, add a little bit more here, add a little bit more here, and then they seal them up. Because used to they would like put an entire filled implant in. Yeah. Now they fill it while it's there so they can make it perfect and then seal it up Which from the inside and then and then there's no yeah. freaking there's no scars. Like it's all like Beautiful. up through. I mean, you still got to heal. It's still making right, your surgery. Right. It's still gonna be like, painful. Yeah, cool. to not have the So that's scarring. how they do balls. They do balls like they do boobs. Um, <laughs> balls and boobs, hand in hand. But yeah, it's like, it was a lot. It was like 30 grand or something to do mm. everything he was going to do. And um, yeah, and I was like, yeah, I don't know. So, you know, I'm 35 years old. So I'm still, and I've got, you know, a long-term girlfriend. And maybe, maybe that'll, you know, be more permanent or something. So I don't, I don't know. She doesn't give a shit. But part of me is like, because I've had it in my mind my whole life that I should one day do that, maybe I'll still do that before I'm 40. I don't know. I feel like I'm going to have to learn to walk again. Yeah. Because yes. I've been my whole life, you know, Living I've got, well, them. yeah, I like cross my legs very feminine or whatever, <laughs> you know. Because you're able to. Because I can. And I'm like, oh, that's going to be freaking weird. And actually, I hadn't had, so like I was telling you guys before the show started, uh, like about 10 days ago, I had my wisdom teeth taken out. Yeah. It was my first time having surgery as an adult. Mm-hmm. 
and I hate surgery now. <laughs> like, yeah. so, so I'm like, <laughs> like if I have this much pain in my jaw, how much pain is there going to be in my junk? In and your like, scrotum. how much worse yeah. in such is a that sensitive yeah. area? That I have to sit. Yeah, and even hurting to sit is what freaks me out. Like, oh, yeah. I wonder, would if you were to get testicle implants? Would that area be sent? Like, is that a sensitive area for you? You know how like guys get like tapped in the nuts and they like. That's true. So here's what's fun about that. I don't. I mean, if somebody taps me and hits my dickhead, excuse me, but like <laughs> that'll hurt like really bad. Right. Yeah. But I used to love playing the tap sack game. I don't know if you know what this is, but like oh, you yeah, get your buddies and you yeah. just literally just, you oh, yeah. just do that. Guys yeah. would do it all the time. And then it'll in take like like a little three second delay and like you mother and then the pain hits and you know they really and then get they some, have to like. And then, and so I could be hurt if somebody like hit my my dickhead, right? But like most of the time, if they were just doing it, I sometimes I would just pretend because it really didn't hurt hurt. affect you, right? And it won't hurt if they put that in because the the nerves just that that are connected there, that's not there, so it's not going to send anything. I was actually I was questioning myself because I was like, what part of the balls hurt when you hit them anyway yeah. i didn't know if it was a part of the scrotum or if well, it was probably a part of the, the... spermatic cord because there's a there's the testicle and then there's this cord that connects it up to the prostate called the spermatic cord and i know that sometimes there's been guys who get like in a car accident or something and that spermatic cord gets wrapped around the testicle and it's oh. supposedly like a hundred times worse than labor pains like the most pain <gasps> you could ever Yikes. ever have and it usually requires emergency surgery to save the testicle like if Dang. that it's like super so that's my thought is like it's got to be something through yeah it has to be that oh and on that weird note because i get this you know i crafted my stand-up and everything i talk about based on like weird ass questions people would ask me after my show (laughs) because you know it's like okay you can have sex but you don't have testicles like what comes out when you're done so like the white fluid the ejaculate you see on the porn sites that all the kids are on Mm -hmm. um None That's of our listeners even, have ever had sex, so go on. No yeah, one. They've only this. seen porn. Yes. <laughs> please inform them. The 17 people listening to this podcast have never, I'm kidding. But so the white fluid, that has nothing to do with testicles. That's made really? by the prostate. The white oh. fluid is completely made by the prostate. And 100%. So it's called prostatic is within milk. that. If right. You so, have it. right. So a guy who's had a vasectomy, which is where all they're doing there, by the way, is tying off the two spermatic cords that shoot the sperm from the testes up into the, the prostate. And it mixes with the prostatic milk, which is a purposely a sticky substance because it goes up inside the vagina, sticks in as many places as possible so that the sperm actually have a living chance to swim up and actually get meet that with egg. The, yeah. Get the egg. Fuck that egg. Um, <laughs> Uh, that's Eat the medical that term. Egg. Fuck that egg. And, um, <laughs> that egg. Our stories are connecting. Yes, so well, yes. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, that white fluid. It's it's no different than that. So I'm no different than a guy who's had a vasectomy. Like it's the same exact thing. But it is a good question. I like dispelling that myth because I got you know a lot of you know there's a lot of ignorance out there as to what uh, a, a Unix medical you know, or what its day-to-day life is like because there's no facts about it, right? Right. Like, there's no books even. I mean, the closest book you'll get is, like, a a book from, like, 1997 from this dude in China who was legitimately castrated so he can go inside the imperial city and, like, serve the emperor of China. Yeah. So beyond that, then you got, you know, you've got Canterbury Tales and stuff. You don't have a lot of documentation of what a eunuch's life is like. Yeah. Yeah. So I have to dispel, like, I'm like, hey, there's, there's, I mean... Even if there's, even if it's, we're one in a million, there's still thousands of us in the world. Yeah. So I just want to like set the record straight. And my main thing is like before I die, which could be soon, who knows? Uh, 
I just want to write a book like really detailing like what you you know modern Unix go through because and we're also lucky too because the the if if I didn't have testosterone my life would be way way different. Yeah, your yeah. life would like, be if I was if I would have been born 50 years ago could not have lived the kind of life I've lived so far without a question because the testosterone just wasn't the same kind of formula. You know, you're much more likely to commit suicide or just never take it anyhow. And then you're living more of like a true eunuch thing, like, you know, way high pitched voice. Yeah. Right. Which part of me is like, as a, you know, I majored in music. I was a diehard choir nerd singer person. And, you know, part of me is like, man, what if I never took it? I'd probably like be. You could have like sang one with of those the sopranos. Famous, I know. I, well, when I was a kid, well, I mean, I still have a great voice, but when I was like nine, my my high notes were like bananas. Like you were like incredible. Mariah Carey. Yeah, I could sing sure. like insanely. And I'm like, man, if I never would have taken that, I could still sing like that. And to be like a 35-year-old who can sing like that, what would that be in today's? Like that'd be, you know, Everyone would be amazed. Real. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You'd be famous yeah. for sure. And, <laughs> You'd um, just want to kill yourself. And now I <laughs> live in a shitty apartment in North Hollywood. <laughs> Now, what are you testosterone. doing with your life? Also, I could have sex. Right. Um, <laughs> Speaking of fucking. Yes. How? Um, no, no, we're I'm still on sorry. You. I pointed at the pregnant lady when we no, said. No, I was like, I was like, like I know funny. she's like, had sex. She's got the evidence. <laughs> Unless this was evidence. like immaculate conception, you don't know. Which I've always <laughs> joked about. Like, if any of my girlfriends ever came to me and said they're pregnant, like, what if, what if I do get pregnant? Like, it's not fucking for me because yeah, it's literally that's, impossible. You would know immediately. Like, that believe she's me, I've had cheating. so many blood tests and ultrasounds and everything confirming there ain't shit there. It's impossible. You're not fucking fooling me. Like, is that something that's a bummer? No, you know. Because there's adoption. And oh there's yeah, other, there's a ton there's of so other, many other avenues. Yeah. And you know, I I think you know part of me is like, I think if I was able to reproduce, I probably would have had some issues, you know, with irresponsibility or having a bunch of bastard True. kids or something. Because I don't know, I just see it. I just see that being a problem. Like I've been able to not care because I, you know, I would like to. I wear protection for you know, protecting as STDs. Yeah. But like once I have like a long-term girlfriend or whatever and I know we're both clean, then I don't, I don't have to worry about it, you know? That's it nice. great, yeah. That is nice. Um, So part of me is like, ah, man, what if I had to do without that? I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I have a high, I mean, I have a high sex drive because I'm on- Testosterone. Testosterone, like, but I don't know how high my natural levels would be. I don't know. So part of me is like, ah, it sucks I can't have my own kid, but I've known about that since I was like five. Right, so. you've had time to come to terms with it. I think, I actually feel much more sorry for someone, especially females, who get to like 30 and they're so ready to have a kid and then find out. And then they find fucking out. Fucking Find out that they can't. Especially because so many women's identity is in that ability to be a mom or, right. you know, they want that. Reproduce. And I'm like, man, that fucking, that breaks my heart. Because it's, well, because all life is about expectations, right? So, like, if I've never had the expectation I can have kids, yeah. you know, I have the expectation that maybe my comedy career will take off. So, if it doesn't, <laughs> I'll be crushed, you know, because that's like, because I'll say this, because I can't reproduce. I have a, a very high artistic drive that everything I leave behind artistically is my legacy. Ah, That's true. Actually. I like that. Yeah. So like I have like this, I have to succeed. I have to write the book. I have to get as much of my music out. I have to perform because that's all that I'll have yeah, you're when lineage. I leave. Mm-hmm. Not to say I won't adopt kids and I'll love those kids, whatever, but it's still like, I don't know. DNA wise. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, if I can leave some sort of body of work behind that people can see for 
a couple hundred years. And I think the book is more powerful than, I mean, the standup's great, but you know, come on 50 years from now, nobody's going to get the fucking jokes, but a book, (laughs) but a book is powerful. Like, yeah, absolutely. And the thing is, is like a book about what it's like to be a eunuch in 2020. Yeah. And you know having to really spell things out because I'm not just writing this for people right now. I'm also writing this for somebody who may read this 75 years from now. Yeah, totally. Like, it's always so going to be every relevant. little thing I had fully fleshed out. Like, oh, this is what a text message is. This is what <laughs> this yeah. is. You may already fucking know what this is if you're <laughs> reading this today. But if you're reading this anyway. 75 years from now, <laughs> who knows what the world is like. Very <laughs> condescending this entire book. <laughs> right. Hi, my name is Nick. I'm Brandon. We are the hosts of the Tennis Podcast, where every week we cover a different top tennis list. We cover lists such as the highest grossing films of all time, the best selling musicians of all time, the the sexiest mogwais, the richest leprechauns, the all this and more we cover on the Tennis Podcast. I had more. You can find us on all podcast players, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. All you got to do is search for 10ISH podcast. You can also find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Tennis Pod. Thanks. Bye. So, sex. Mm-hmm. Did, because you grew up in Texas. Yep. I imagine that's a pretty, um, to me, I mean, I grew up in Southern Illinois. You grew up in Southern Illinois. And that's scary enough for anyone who is. Who can possibly be identified as other? Mm-hmm. Yep. So I imagine Texas is the same. Yep. Yes. And I, well, here's the thing. So no one in my life knew. Ex- well, I say that. Hold on. Let me back up. My mom <laughs> was a chatty Kathy. <laughs> she just chat, chat, So chat, the hairdressers chat. knew. So part yeah, of right? me is like, I don't think anyone knew. But then the other part of me is like the whole fucking town. Name. Yeah, because I grew up in a, in a four stoplight town. Yeah, so part of me is like thinking my mom fucking told everybody. Well, here's the thing: I know she told our whole family when I was a baby because she was concerned. Like, oh, right, oh, she... Nicholas is gonna have to have surgery. We don't know if we're gonna be able to save his little testicles. <laughs> you know, whatever. You know, her fucking crying act, and that's uh, <laughs> what she does. And oh, mom. so, you know. Part of me thought, you know, well, she's got to, you know, people kind of have to know, or there's got to be some sort of rumors. I grew up in the kind of small town, like people know what color your turds are. Like, oh, it's, yeah. Like yeah. small, like 3,000 people. We can relate to that. Yep. Yeah. So, here, so I never told anybody, like, in my hometown growing up, whatever. And then, well, my brother once told a friend of mine, because I guess he, my brother got pissed off at me. And then my dad... Uh, really spank the shit out of him for doing that because you're so mad. And I think it's because my dad knew like you can't do that in a small town because yeah. you will be labeled like. And so right. my dad, well, you'll like, be labeled and no one's gonna understand it. I never saw my dad react that way for anything else. Like if my brother hit me, my dad didn't give a shit. Yeah, but that thing set him. That's off. the only. Actually, that's the only time I remember him like really beating the shit out of my brother. Or like, they wasn't punching him, but like kids get spanked. Yeah. yeah of course. Maybe we should bring that back. I don't know. <laughs> I hated getting spanked. I don't like seeing people beat the shit out of their kid for no reason, but sometimes you every gotta, once in a while, every once in a yeah. while it's warranted. Penny. Penny is going wild. The cat is losing its shit. She wants to be in there. She with wants Joey. to be out of here. Actually, Joey said that to me yesterday. I was like, I wasn't spanked as a child. And he was like, Well, you probably should have been. <laughs> he was yeah. like, Honestly, you could have used a you couple more spankings. <laughs> I was spanked as a child, and I feel like it it was a good discipline that made me like, like I'm never school. gonna do that again. Really? 
we had corporal punishment in our schools and they would have like a board with they they would this giant like one of those fraternity paddle boards and then they would drill holes into it to like make it hurt more. Jeez. But here's those bananas. Like so if you got suspended, they had this thing called ISS, in school suspension. And if you got in trouble and you got like three days in ISS, you could choose to take three pops from the board instead of getting suspended. Oh my gosh. But here's also crazy. Your parent could call the school and overrule your decision. Whatever you said. Yeah. And be like, no, give them the pops. And I'm like, that's fucked up. That's, like, that's so up. fucked It's up. like assaulting a minor now. But <laughs> when I was growing up, it, nobody gave a shit. Right. So my question was about like sex is, did you wait longer than like the average teenager? Yeah, to- for yeah. sure. I didn't lose my virginity until I was 27. Oh, okay. Wow. Because I didn't, well, here's my thing. I was just in this bottle of like not wanting to talk about it. Right. Like not wanting to confront it. And so like my girlfriend, uh, you know, like my first long-term girlfriend, like I lost my V card to, well, I lost this like kind of a stranger shortly before that. But then <laughs> it was a Craigslist meetup, casual encounters. Hey. Very healthy. <laughs> Very hey, healthy. Do what you gotta do. It's America. It was Austin, right? But I did not get chlamydia. Thank God. Thank Because chlamydia is high in Austin. Is it really? It is. It's got like the number one chlamydia rate. I don't know how you measure that. Yeah, I'm wondering now. Is it just well, a, sur- is the it a, one is a survey monkey survey? chlamydia rate, maybe. There you go. That's but, true. But then They're just I, very responsible about their chlamydia. But it was weird because like the first long-term girlfriend I had, who I dated for like a while, like four and a half, five years. I don't oh, know. wow. It doesn't matter. She's gone now. She's date. She's engaged to like a seventy-year-old man. Like she's weird. gone now. She, she lives in rural dead. Wyoming, and she's fucking a ninety-year-old. Every he gets older every time I say the age. <laughs> and um, but anyhow, that was really uncomfortable. Like having to bring that up and like have a discussion. Yeah, you know. And so I dated her, and then I dated her right up until I moved out here to pursue comedy. And I made a decision when I got out here. To talk about it on stage as as a stand up comic once I got into stand up, and that wasn't easy. But here's the thing: is like my thought was, I don't know anybody here yet, so mm-hmm. what's going to happen? You yeah. know, there's nothing weird, right? So I talked about it on stage for like a year, and then there was the Burbank Comedy Festival. I was I was in that, and I did a set there did like just murdered like it was incredible and it was all about like me not having balls and um there's so many jokes reco- that can yeah. come out of that and i recorded that <laughs> and then it was weird cuz i basically like none of my friends knew like my family you know probably all had to know cuz my mom yapping right of course my mom dad and brother knew of course they did yeah. Yeah. but i'm just saying probably my whole town knew cuz of my mom but definitely no one in like my college circles anything like that and not my close friends no one like really? zero zero like didn't talk I can't to anybody believe you kept that under wraps well here's what's weird about it. so once i like put that video out i basically like came out i was just going to say having it no balls like coming out right which is weird but it was it was odd because my ver- my super close friends thought I was fucking with them. Oh, really? They thought I was like it was. They a thought prank. it was a joke, or it was a scheme to get like more social media followers. Oh which my god, fucking didn't happen like at all. <laughs> I got nothing out of it. But they thought it was like a hoax or some 
thing I was pulling. Oh my god! And I'm like, no, it's real. And I had like one close friend who I really had to convince that it was real by showing him no, my no, no, no. dick. I pulled down. Pulled my down. No, but he he thought he was. But I got him because I we used to have this conversation. He he was like obsessed with like, don't get your girlfriend pregnant. Don't get don't get pregnant. Whatever you do, don't get. Her. I'm like I'm not gonna get her pregnant. Don't trust, trust me. me. I know. I gotta say that. Trust me. He's like, no, fuck that. Double wrap that shit. Don't get her pregnant. Make sure she's on birth control. She's a fucking clinger. Like he's just telling me all this stuff, and I was always telling him like, dude, I'm fine. He's like, no, I stop promise. saying you're fine, right? So once I once I like brought up like, remember how I used to not care about using protection with Brooke, and he's like fucking that's why yeah. i was like yeah that's why i kept saying i don't have to worry oh, but it took sense. like a, it took a little while for like my two closest friends victor and Alden, like really absorb that yeah that it yeah. was true because for the fact that i didn't bring it up at all then when i moved here then i started like having like kind of a comedy presence whatever so what got weird out here is for the first time ever like when i'd meet girls they typically had seen my comedy Okay. And they before know, we started dating so and knew. I didn't have to have the conversation. That's nice. So with my last two girlfriends, like I haven't had the conversation because they already knew it. Like they knew it from my comedy. What a blessing. kind of nice. Yeah. yeah. Cause I'm sure because that is then, so awkward well, one, to they're bring seeing up. people laugh at it. Yeah. So it's not yeah. like a thing that consumes me, but yeah. Like, and they're looking, also seeing you talk about it in front of a, of a room full of people. Right. Like right. this is just my body. So but yeah, it was a whole it. thing. It was like a whole coming out. Like, thing it was like the same i would actually say, i'm i feel weird saying this i'd actually say it's a little more difficult than coming out as gay and here's why because at least with you don't have a community come, exactly mm-hmm. one you don't have and then people know about homosexuality they know like oh i have a lesbian sister a cousin whatever or my my buddy's gay you know but fucking no one seems to know a eunuch and yeah. even after the whole point of coming out like that was to connect with others and still face to face, I have not met a person face to face who has my medical condition. Mm. So like, that's why like when I put that out there on YouTube, like a little video showing that and you know, I just left it there. I had like no views forever. And I went back and checked recently and it's still like a little niche market, but the responsive rate is what's crazy is like for how low views it has, like almost all those people have commented, you know, so clearly people specifically searching. For yeah. It. They're not yeah. stumbling across it. They're looking for it. And so like now it's like, you know, par- you know, moms of kids who were born with a similar condition or people, I keep getting people in Africa for some reason. Like, I've had, like, 10 dudes from Africa write me or the Middle East, like, saying, hey, I was born without this. And maybe it's, you know, not as good of medicine over there. Maybe. Sure. Yeah, I'm not sure. But That is um, interesting. So, you know, now it's easier to talk about. I just I just had, like, this epiphany while I'm sitting here. Like, this is so easy to talk about now. But, wow, thinking about four years Where ago. Where you were yeah, literally four years ago and how you, no one just, even knew. Yeah, and I used to, I you know, looking back, I think the first few times... I talked about it on stage. I would even like lightly shake. You just, I bet, right? Because That's it's like I had no idea how people were going to react. And right. then you know, it's people who were you know my only friends in LA at the time. Like hearing this, I'm like, how are people going to take this? Mm-hmm. I think I think it's weird. And the strangest thing, and this kind of sucks to a degree, is like nobody really gave a shit. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, like oh, cool, right? But I'm like, no, I kept that a secret for fucking 31 years of my life. Yeah thinking everybody would like not hang out with me or whatever. And then people don't give a shit. 
that's fucking that's kind of torturous to a degree like right like you keep why something why kept yeah. did, I know I would have been ta- I would have been ma- I would have been cracking jokes about no ball in junior high if I didn't know he gave a shit you know like right you just had no idea you just yeah. sat with it I mean I I have that conversation with so many of my LGBTQ friends mm-hmm. now as well yeah. just about how how fucking tortured they were mm-hmm mostly with their parents yeah mostly sure. telling their parents like I, I can't tell my parents they're not and then telling them and then being like we know it's we, like we, we always know, know. Right? And we love you and Are they're you like kidding? wait what <laughs> I've been in I've agony been in you've been playing girl soccer pain. and softball for 14 years no, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah like no no but it is funny like I I I have uh actually I'm pretty sure the the ex of mine who's dating the 90 year old that she's actually a lesbian Oh. And I think everyone in her life knows it. And then she's like keeping the relationship with the old guy a secret and is like, you don't have to do that because I think everyone knows that you're actually a lesbian. And that's okay. And everyone will fucking love you. I know. Everyone. And no one will be shocked. No one will care. They'll actually be proud of you. Like, thank you. Now we can move on. Now <laughs> like, we can all just have it in the open and move yeah. on with our well, lives. Well, now you have that life experience to be able to... Tell her that. Of yeah. course, you don't talk yeah. to her. No, but. no, not at all. <laughs> yeah. Don't talk to her. But if you were, well, no, if you were like, to. Well, no, like now I have like a long-term girlfriend I'm moving in with and stuff. And it's like, eh, hey, like Well, once you yay. get to that point, though, you kind of like don't give a shit about keeping any communication with an ex. You're no. like, eh. Yeah. I'm, ha- I'm so happy with what I have. Why would I but talk to her? life. On the, on the coming out note, I actually do hope that happens for her because it's like you can put it behind you all the stuff that made you fucking bananas and you know that makes people say you're crazy well it's because you're holding all this in and yeah you you're holding in all the stuff if you just live your life truthfully right then you like won't, if you just there'll be a out, release you'll relax. all that anxiety everything's gone because yes. like oh i'm a lesbian now yeah we know yeah, yeah like, we know. right yeah, yeah like, okay comes well down. yeah <laughs> and then you can be cool and like well i think it's you know you come out here a kid can come out in like fucking sixth grade out in la and be totally comfortable mm-hmm. and cool yeah. i think i think a lot of middle america they're not there yet not even close. yeah and unfortunately that that's they... true yeah and not to shit on middle america they're just you know it, it they're always 25 years behind socially you got to give them time to catch up and you know, yeah. and it's not that it's, you know, they're accepting like parents will love the kid, but it's still that, you know, you still got 70 year old preachers in town, you yeah. know, talking mm-hmm. about how it's a sin. And, and it's fire and brimstone yeah. style preachers. Oh, so yes. yes. fire and brimstone. Do you have any questions for Nick? I was going to ask um, along the sex line as well. Has there ever, have you ever had a negative experience from a female ha- or has it always been you've had understanding girls in your life? No, I've never had. No one was ever like, absolutely not, can't deal with this. Zero. Good. In fact, the, you know, the only time I ever even heard a comment, it wasn't even about me. I was watching uh, Amy Schumer's comedy special. And she made this joke about like, oh, I went and uh, this one night I, I fucked this one guy who had no balls, nothing, clean cut. That didn't come up at dinner or something like that. I'm like, well, that wasn't me for one. Yeah. Second, I want to meet this guy because you know I want. <laughs> yeah, meet let me like talk me. to this guy. Yeah, but I, but I did have a little bit of fear when I watched it. I was like, ah oh, man, you know the girls I've been with so far, are they just going to be cool with it? You know, whatever. But again, you know, it's it's been so life changing the past four years and just being so open about it and casually, you know, I did I did uh, five shows when I was home for Christmas in Houston. Mm-hmm. And even there, like these fucking redneck racist cowboys, 
are sitting there laughing at my little nerdy, you know, choir nerd eunuch jokes. Yeah. And I'm like, I could have never fucking imagined that. And if I would have known I could make them laugh about it, I would have been talking about this my whole life because right. those are the people I grew up around that I thought would judge me. Mm hmm. And they're like cheering for me, and that's fuck. That's bananas. That's to me. amazing. The people I thought I'm would so be the biggest problem are like, you know. I think it also comes with the stuff like that. Stuff like uh, body shaming and stuff like that comes goes away the older you get. Most of the time, because mm-hmm. I remember growing up and just being terrified of uncircumcised penises. Yeah, I'd never seen one, uh-huh. but I I heard about them. Right. Yeah, and I was like. Nope. I was the same way. Absolutely I don't know not. why. No. Nope. And then you see no, him in porn and no. like, oh, he's uncircumcised. Cool. Yeah. Like, you don't even bother. It's well, I never even saw it. In, I never saw it in porn. I never did that. I ended up dating a guy for, I mean, we ended up dating for years, but like, we had been sleeping together for months before I even realized he was uncircumcised because the thing about an uncircumcised penis is that it doesn't look like an uncircumcised penis when you're using it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> when it's it's coming out to play. Yeah, when it's coming out to play, it just looks like a regular old dick. Uh-huh. So it was like we had been like we had been sleeping together for months and like we eventually like down the line like moved in together. But like at the time, you know, you especially like starting out this is so weird to talk about hi mom um but like love when you, you first <laughs> lo- love you pam sorry about this but when you first start dating someone you never see their flaccid penis Mm-mm. because that's just not something that you show Absolutely. it's like it's yeah. always yeah that's when it's you're later it's, ready to rock. it's yeah. later when you're like very comfortable with each yes. other and, and you're like, like where'd it go is yeah. it buried in there yeah. yes it's hiding for warmth <laughs> it's hiding in my fat pad so it was it like come four out months into the relationship yeah, that was like makes sense holy shit and you're like my whole you're life i've been running I've been so from dicks like scared. yours <laughs> And now I love it. And now I love this dick. Yeah. So that was like a that, that was a mind blowing experience so for me. And also like such a huge lesson to learn to be like, why would you ever be afraid of something so silly? Right. Unless it was like a dirty dude who didn't clean in there. I was gonna you know say I, mean? I feel like, like that's the biggest negative you could pull out of an uncircumcised pull out of an uncircumcised <laughs> penis is like because there's that extra skin there, like if people you aren't do hygienic. Have to be, yeah, yes. like you have to be extra clean. But very true. Yeah, other than that, that is I like hearing that story because I've always been the same way. I'm like, I've never seen one, I've never come face to face with one. I don't want to. What would I even do with it? And it's like you you do all the, the same, same thing that you things. do with all the others. Yep. Mom. Love you. <laughs> Sorry. Pam. I haven't met you, Pam. Hi, Pam. <laughs> Hi, Pam. Does Pam Sorry. listen to this? Yes, she does. Every oh, episode. Does. Every single episode. Southern Illinois, baby. Oh, hell yeah. yeah. Whole different sub- suburb over mm-hmm. there. Yeah. Yep. She listens. She's actually very excited for this episode because she's been a nurse her whole life. Oh, so she so has when a lot I told of interest her, yeah, in the well, she she wanted to hear about obviously your pregnancy, which we're going to talk about now. But she also, <laughs> when I told her about the you coming on as our guest, she was like, "What?" And she was, and I was like, "Mom, Tell you're a nurse." More. And she was like, "Well, I've never had to take care of anyone who's a eunuch." And yeah. I was like, there "I can't go. believe how rare it is." Well, well nice to meet is, you is, over the airwaves. <laughs> I actually found, uh, before we move on to pregnancy stuff, I actually found online, um, there are, there's Reddit, there's a eunuch Reddit page. I saw that too. Have you Uh, been on Ask Reddit? You know, I've come across a lot of different forums over the years. Here's what's interesting. It's one, it's almost all moms 
asking about their, their child. child and how their child's going to live versus not as many adults. True. There was one forum I found that was out of the UK that was kind of interesting, but it wasn't all specifically Unix. Some people had like the medical conditions called primary hypogonadism, which stands for testicular failure. Um, so there was, but there's very varying forms of that too. There's like Kleinfelter syndrome, which is uh, typically is bilateral undecided testicles. And they also, those dudes usually have like arms that are like 25% longer than whoa, like whoa. if you stand up like their arms and, and crazy enough that usually goes undiagnosed until uh, most people are found to have that uh, when they go into medical exams for the military. Oh, wow. And that's, really? that's when they find a lot of that because, you know, they, it's their first legit, like, super professional physical. Uh-huh. Um, and then that's, you know, where a lot of that's reported. And, you know, so I found a little forms here and there, but I'm yet to, like, find, um, like, a consistent person to talk to that also has the same condition. True. And yeah. actually, now that I mentioned that, the, the person that I saw posting about their experience was actually... <sighs> This story is too dark and I'm not going to tell it, but he actually castrated. He like went to a doctor to be castrated. Okay. So I um, was going to say that honestly, before I met you, Nick, I thought a eunuch had to be someone who was castrated to be well, on it. So kind you of, are educating just, me so much. I, my joke is always I was neutered by nature. Yeah. Right. Like, so I was castrated <laughs> naturally. Yeah. I was castrated, you know, biological or medically. I don't know how does uh, phrase that but you know uh, accidentally accidentally yeah. your body castrated yeah. you my well, joke yeah. on stage like is my joke on stage is always that my body ate my balls yeah right i like an angry miss pac-man yeah, yeah. <laughs> and murdered all my children um but like but yeah tr- so like the eunuchs back you know, like in the canterbury tales they typically were you know create they were made you know like little boys who could sing like crazy or they had you know an older brother who sang like crazy so they'd have when the baby was born they'd immediately castrate the baby because they're not going to remember the pain whatever and they solder you know the stuff off and then the baby would grow up and then they would be able to have this amazing singing voice their entire life and they'd be you know in service to the church Mm -hmm. and then the other big place so you read a lot about a lot about eunuchs and catholicism there's the, uh, the partner in canterbury tales uh is a eunuch um, and then if you look in China, China, huge, huge China, China. Uh, theirs, theirs was the one that was wild because if you wanted to be in service at the Imperial Palace, you had to be a eunuch. But there they would ca- not only castrate you, but they'd also cut off your penis and yeah, then they'd shove like a, a bamboo shoot up Ugh. there to hold it open. Oh my God. Hold your urethra open no. so that you could still pee. So as soon as you, as oh soon as they cut it off, they do it. And so this guy, uh, I, f- I forget the guy's name. Sorry. It's, it's a, and I'd probably butcher the pronunciation. Right, anyhow. Even if you but there was this, you can go read this book. There's a, the, I think it's called The Last Eunuch. And it was it a guy is, in I China. Yeah. There's a guy in China. He was castrated by his father so that he could be in service to the Imperial Palace because they wanted you to, they wanted to make sure there was no way you could have sex with the royal women. Okay. And here's the thing is that, oh, this is an interesting word fact. You, even if you don't have testicles, you can still from time to time get an erection and have sex because there's some testosterone running through your body. Okay. And uh, interesting side effect, you can get a really rock hard erection from the need to urinate. Whoa. So oh. if you've ever heard of morning wood, 
Yes. Yeah. Morning wood is actually almost always caused by the need to urinate. So because the male up having to is asleep. Yeah. yeah. And so the penis fills with blood is a way to hold on to the pee and not piss the bed. Okay. And That's then as soon as, as soon as wondered about as that. soon as you urinate that boner goes away. So t- sometimes if, if you, you can literally, urinate. yeah, <laughs> yeah if you can well, yeah, that can be tough too. But that's why they, you know, you can call it a pee boner, you know, because that's <laughs> what it is. Boner. Like, as soon as you pee, if you can pee, yeah, because sometimes it's so constricting um, that I did a weird hand gesture yeah. <laughs> when I said so really constricting. It's so constricting. Um, yeah, are you still listening, Pam? But, uh, yeah, so, so, you know, you, but anyhow, the reason I brought that up is because just because you've had your balls removed, that wasn't enough for the Imperial people. It was like, well, you can Take still, you can still fuck a princess. So then they make you go. And I'm like, man, that is some fucking That's Game of Thrones shit. Yeah, right there. Bastration. I don't watch Game of Thrones, but I heard there's eunuchs on there and well, they're like was, the slaves and servants. That was right? something that really inspired me too, because, you know, here I am, you know, when I first saw Game of Thrones, I was like, probably like 29, like right as maybe I think the third season was about to come out i started watching and i was like what the fuck i've never in my entire life seen even a portrayal of a eunuch before yeah and at first they just started with the uh lord uh lord Varys. is that his name he's the yeah. uh he's like the right stuff he's on he's on the king's council or whatever the, um, we neither of us watch it so oh, you're okay. looking to two of the wrong people Damn it. I, <laughs> I was just there. saying i but, had heard that there's a eunuch yeah yeah well well it's crazy so th- so he's on there and so he's a eunuch, but then a little later they get to this army called the Unsullied, and it's literally like thousands of of men who've been made into eunuchs. Oh, so that they're like a killer army. And I was like, that's just I've never seen eunuchs portrayed in. Mo- and in fact, the only, the first time I ever even heard of anyone like me with my condition at all was in a college literature class when we were reading the Canterbury Tales, and they started talking about eunuchs and. And I was like, wow, I've never, I just thought I had some, you know, and I do, it is like a one in a million medical condition, but I never heard about it at all, Mm -hmm. you know, but that somebody else might have it. So, and do they, uh, on Game of Thrones, do they portray this army as like masculine? Oh, they're like fucking ninjas. Yeah. Which is also a cool thing because I remember. Yeah. You're being represented as a badass. Yeah. The only, my only bitch though. Is that they're, <laughs> they have like these incredibly chiseled bodies. Uh, and I'm uh, like, bullshit. Bullshit. Because that would if not you be don't have case. testosterone, yeah. I'm talking within like six months of not having it, you're going to be a little flabby. Yeah. You're going to be a little Chris Pratt and community. Or what is it? Parks, <laughs> uh, Parks and, and Rec. <laughs> Chris Pratt and Parks and Rec. That's how you're going to look. You're going to have some man titties like me. Big <laughs> nipples. It's just, it's you're not, you're not going to have that perfectly. That just bothers me because every time I'm like, dude, you got like a fucking 12 pack, not even six. It's like not perfect It's just Hollywood. It's like it even is. when like real people are portrayed, they do biographical movies. It's always like the most handsome man. Then you see the real guy and it's like, oh, he doesn't. Look oh, like Chris real. Hemsworth. Like, Defin- oh, definitely. So that's just so Hollywood I to mean, be like, let's even, take eunuchs and yeah. make them the most muscular. I always men. laugh seeing movies about pregnant women, since we're talking about pregnant oh, women, yeah, pregnant. because they're always tan. And look they're, perfect. Oh, they always look except perfect, for except for the baby bump. <laughs> except for this tiny little bump, but the rest of their body is like chiseled and perfect, yeah. and they're glowing. And, and they're beautiful, and their yep. hair is gorgeous, mm-hmm. and they're just... If it is messy, it's like in a messy bun. It's perfect. Pregnancy just doesn't really affect me. Stupid. How's it affecting you? (laughs) I have to pee first. Oh. (laughs) 
That's all the time we have this week for Keep It Weird. As always, thank you so much for listening and a huge thank you to Nick Wethrich for coming on our show and talking so candidly about his life and his experiences. You can follow Nick on Instagram at Nick Wethrich. That's N-I-C-K-W-U-T-H-R-I-C-H. And search for him on YouTube to see some of his stand-up and check out his upcoming videos answering more questions about his body and what he's learned. Next week, Nick will be with us again, and this time, we're shining the light on Lauren. Lauren, I said your name weird, I'm sorry, Lauren. Lauren will be telling us all about her pregnancy, we'll be sharing some crazy pregnancy facts and stories, and we get real, real about sex. If you would, please, pretty please, rate and review our show on iTunes or your Apple Podcast app. Every review helps a small independent show like ours, and you can click on the star rating of your choice or leave us a sweet review and we'll post it on our social media pages. We have mugs, hoodies, t-shirts, tank tops, buttons, patches, magnets, all available for purchase on our Etsy page at www.etsy.com slash shop slash keep it weird podcast. And as usual, follow us on social media. Our handle is at keep it weirdcast on all platforms. Our sign-off today is simply that everybody is beautiful and everybody is weird. So embrace your weirdness. We will see you next week. I am. There's actually a special uh, medical reason... uh, uh, there's a special medical reason I look so young and sing so well. <laughs> Call me. Uh, <laughs> uh, this one time I was born without testicles. Uh, this is not a joke. This is not a bit. Here's what happened, all right? When I was a baby, neither of my marbles properly descended before birth. And my doctors, they performed surgery and tried to save them, but before they could do that, my body just absorbed them. That's weird, right? My body ate my balls. Like an angry Miss Pac-Man, just... (laughs) Murdered all my children. (laughs) 